This is episode 7. In this episode, you'll meet Jose, Nayeli, and their daughter Kelly. Learn how they are reshaping the videography industry with their family business. Hello, hello, bienvenidos. I'm Giselle Martin, and this is Relate and Elevate, a podcast with conversations of cultural identity and entrepreneurship. Join me to hear stories from entrepreneurs of different cultures and identities. I believe consumers want to support businesses and organizations that they relate to because it gives them a sense of community. I know it does for me. Also, my daughter will join me once a month to talk about the kid entrepreneur perspective. So subscribe to Relate and Elevate to learn more about closing the cultural gaps in the marketplace. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Relate and Elevate. And I'm very excited uh, to have this family here with me today. Um, do you want to introduce yourself? I'm Jose. I'm Nayeli. And Callie is also there. Yep. <laughs> Hi, Callie. <laughs> and uh, so I'm going to start off. Well, first I'm going to start off by saying that I'm very, very super duper excited because they're the first ones who ever contacted me to say that they want to be on my po- my podcast. So I was really, really excited. I was like, yay, I have fans. <laughs> People actually listen to my podcast and not just me and my husband and my family. <laughs> so thank you. Welcome. And it also, um, you know, is, is a great way for me to know that that everybody's stories are getting out there. You know, that's really what I really care about is sharing other people's stories. So we're gonna start off with a little icebreaker. So I don't know who wants to go first. Um, what is your favorite food? Or do you have a favorite food in common? I think we both like pizza. Yes, pizza. And sure. she likes pizza too. Yeah, she loves pizza. Nice. There's pizza. Like what kind of pizza? Do you have like a specific place you buy it at? Or specific toppings. It's this place called uh, Red West Pizza, and it's like not down the street, but it's like probably two miles away from here. And it's really famous for that. It's called Red West Pizza, and we get usually quite get the Mexican style pizza. Yeah. So we get. Ooh, what's that? What's that? It has chorizo, jalapenos, um, onion, sausage, but no, um, olives. But you always get the. But I always take out the olives and put the peppers. <laughs> green peppers say that all the time because she loves green peppers. You know that reminds me of a pizza that my uncle. Actually, today is the anniversary that he passed away, like five years ago. Today's his anniversary. I just remember I seeing it on Facebook. My uh, Theo Pete he used to work at a bakery, and he showed us how to make handmade dough uh, from scratch and he used to put it on this big full sheet you know like the full sheets that they use to make cakes uh-huh. that's what he used to put the pizza on and um he would put chorizo bell pepper onions and pineapple i think on it that reminds me of that pizza <laughs> kind of crazy you put it up and today also it's like the anniversary of him passing away that sounds good. Yeah. He so, Cali. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cali's around. Yeah. What is your favorite color? 
Um, my favorite color is purple, but I love. Yeah, you can see it right here. That's <laughs> <laughs> my maroon burgundy. Purplish. Purplish, but I think I like wearing red more. Favorite color is uh, I like to wear just gray. I think I know gray is not really a color, but but for video and stuff, I kind of like slight pink and hot pink. I don't know why. You like to wear pink in videos, or yeah. you like other people to wear pink in videos? No, I said uh, for like my video style. When I use the colors, I like using pink and whites. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But for like wearing colors, I kind of go with gray, more neutral. Oh, okay. Oh, what's the most recent book you've read? Uh, the recent book I've read is <laughs> How to Not Hate Your Husband. Have you heard of it? <laughs> no. <laughs> but you I think know. I need to read that book, though. <laughs> I, think I need to read that one. <laughs> What'd you learn? What'd you learn? Tell us. We all um, want to know. So far, it's just, I guess it's about, like, parenting, like, when you become parents. Just pretty much about, like, communication. Like, he's probably going through something, too. It's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, seriously, because your your marriage is like it, our marriages are always changing. Like it was definitely different after having a kid. After having two kids, it was different than having one kid. After having three kids, it's different, <laughs> you know. And then you know we all go through our own thing. It, spec it specifies it's how to not hate your husband after kids. So specifically, yeah. after children. <laughs> You hate your husband before children, and that's <laughs> <laughs> that's different. It's a different story. <laughs> oh, Jose, what's the most recent book you've read? The recent book I read is I can't remember it. It's like I listen to a lot of um, Audible. Mm. I don't really read because I'm always on the road. I'm always doing something. Most of the time, I do. I just listen to books because I don't have the time to read. <laughs> It's called uh, The Introvert's Edge. It says, how, it goes, how the quiet and shy can outsell anyone. It's actually pretty good. It gives you a lot of pointers how like, to do some selling key points. And it's kind of interesting. You consider, are you an introvert? Yeah, I don't like really talking in front of the camera. That's when we started doing the whole podcast thing because it's like kind of getting out of myself. Mm. That's one of the things really hard for me. Especially telling our story and things like that. And then the next one, we've also been listening to, you know, probably heard of Gary Vanderchuk. Gary V. Yeah, Gary V. Mm -hmm. That one crushing, I guess it was in 2010 or something like that. His energy is crazy. It's like amazing. Like sometimes I can only listen to like two minutes and I'm just like, that's it. That's all I need. <laughs> yeah, I've been listening to him. And he's got a good podcast too. I just, uh, yeah, I just he, does. he has really great information, like on everything and anything. Yeah. I yeah. like how real he is though. Like he keeps it real, 100%. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool, but he, uh, you can tell that, like, he puts himself, like, 150% wholeheartedly out there. Right. Like, I'm, it, it's, it's hard for me, too. I'm, I don't consider myself an introvert. Um, I am more of a social person, but it's, I don't know, it has been a little bit difficult, and that's also one of the reasons why I started this podcast, like, to put myself out there, too. Right. Yeah, 
And I started to do more and more uh, Instagram lives and collaborating with people. Um, but it is hard. And just getting a message, getting a response is like everything. It's just like, oh, my God, this is so exciting. There's people out there actually listening to me. Like, you know, you put yourself out there and you wonder. Sometimes there's no engagement. Sometimes there is. But, you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, if you put it out there, someone's like me to see it, you know. Yeah. Uh, Gary actually said it pretty well, where he's like, like, you just kind of keep putting yourself out there. It doesn't even matter how many followers you have. That one person that might see you is kind of like, wow, like, you don't know who knows somebody, and then that might get you your big break or meet somebody puts you in the right circle. Who knows? Yeah. And, yeah. And, and a big break means so many, it's different. It looks different for everybody, right? Right. Yeah. 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 So cool, yeah. My, you know what? I'm gonna recommend that book to my sister. Sister, if you're listening, read it. <laughs> <laughs> or listen to it. Yeah, or listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, especially in LA, you're stuck driving for hours. I mean, you can listen to a lot of audiobooks, you know, podcasts. <laughs> yeah, see, I take uh, public transportation to downtown San Francisco. It's about half an hour each way. Um, and yeah, that's how I started listening to a lot of podcasts. Yeah, it's fun. It makes things go faster. It makes you think, too. Yeah. It's like you're with someone, but you're not. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So if you could meet one person, dead or alive, who would that be? I told him to yell. He's like, yeah, I should meet my future, per future self. <laughs> would that count? That'd be cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That'd be cool. What would you want to know? Just kind of like the journey, maybe like guiding me in the right place. You know, even though like from my experience, I would probably end up doing the same thing just to prove myself wrong, even though <laughs> I was trying to warn myself. What's the last song you listened to? Last song? I just threw Spotify on and I think it was Acoustic Summer, but it was just a genre to mood. It didn't really kind of let it run. Hmm. I don't know. Is that your favorite um, way to listen to music, Spotify? I mainly do Spotify or hmm. some just podcasts. I don't, I mean, I got the free ones still on my phone, so <laughs> I have to deal with ads. But yeah, that's mainly the way I listen to music, just Spotify. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us something that only a handful of people know about you. I mean, you already told us you're an introvert. Besides that, <laughs> so I never thought about these questions. Um, oh, I think the, <laughs> I just told you that today because, like, we were writing about a story, and it was like, and I was like, and I was like in middle school, like I had like a buck tooth, like my tooth just stick <laughs> out like this, and yeah, kids were mean and bullying me, and and nobody really knows that because I think it was like such a short, you know, of course, middle school to high school, and it's like, yeah, just you know. one, not both. Just, yeah, yeah, I was still making people all messed up, and yeah. just one was really bad. And oh man, that. but it was just funny how he mentioned he's like, right that. We had to write about our childhood, and he's like, right that I was a shy, bug tooth kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it kind of like your, I think that's part of it because it kind of ruins your, um, confidence. your confidence. Yeah, you're kind of like, I feel like this buck tooth kid, you know, with pimples, and they like <laughs> get shot down a little bit. 
I think. Yeah. No, yeah, it's true. It's, kind of it's part of your experience, though. Right. So I'm trying to work through it as an adult. It sucks. <laughs> so, uh, Nayeli, if you can meet one person that are alive, who would that be? Um, it would probably be my mom's mom, so my maternal grandma, grandmother. Mm-hmm. Um, I met her father. Grandma. Grandma. I met her father um, when I was younger. But my grandma passed away before I was born. So I just kind of want to see. I, I don't see my my mom and my grandpa. So I kind of want to see if my grandma's a little bit more like her, or if that's like she, the way she is, or I don't know. It's just I guess I thought about that a lot. Like, I didn't have, I don't have grandparents, like, in my life. Yeah, I, I'm so fortunate that I still have all my grandparents. It's interesting how uh, we look to the past for connections, you know, to, I, I don't know, to feel connected to something, like, right. bigger than us. You know what I mean? I didn't grow up with my grandma either. I had both parents, right? So we're going to get into talking more about your identity and your cultural identity. So how do you self-identify? Self-identify? Well, I'm part alien. I'm kidding. <laughs> you can identify as alien if you want. <laughs> no, I'm Mexican-American. My parents are Mexican. Um, we are Mexican. And I was born here, so I guess Mexican-American, that would be. What does the phrase cultural identity mean to you? To me, it means like, like really what you identify with, right? Like, uh, as far as being Mexican, like kind, of, like, kind of what you grew up with, like, being Mexican, right? Or, I'm really bad definition. Word. <laughs> like, kind of. Well, it's whatever it means to you. I mean, I mean it means something. It may mean it's something different to everyone. It's cultural identity is like what you identify with, like, you know, I guess I am Mexican. I think that's why like, when I started dating the Yeli, it's like a lot easier to connect with somebody who understands your culture. Because mm. then you're going to be mm. like, like cumbias or like kind of understand the same shows. You talk about Chavo del Ocho or like, you know, mm. people, you know, all that stuff that's funny. And somebody else that didn't live that culture would not understand that jokes. You know, it seems like when you say things in Spanish, what they mean, you try to translate them to English, they don't mean the same thing. And then it kind of loses value in it. What about you, Nayeli? What, how do you self-identify? Mexican. I was born in Mexico, so I'm still very much feel 100% Mexican. But do you really? Did you? Well, I was, I was raised here. Um, I came, well, when I was, I turned three, I came here. So for me, I don't really remember much about Mexico, like growing up there. But I think like a part of me is still very like, yeah, I grew up here, and this is all I kind of know. But like my my roots are, I don't know. I never I never have to like oh, I'm American. So, getting uh, switching gears over to talk more about your business. Um, what is your service, and what do you sell? How do you sell it? Um, our business is Milestones of Love, and we do wedding videography but we're not just limiting ourselves to just weddings anymore we really want to work with um with branding people's business 
like small business or even big businesses. So your service is videography. Uh -huh. And what does that include? Recording, editing, like if, if someone hires you, like just name a few steps before you actually get to a delivered product. What, what do you do? We do the filming and we do the well, before the, the, whole, the whole thing before we get to filming, we want to know what the project is. So let's say like it's a wedding, we want to know the most we can from it just so we know what we need to kind of deliver. Because you tailor every single video to your customers, right? Yeah, you have to ask the right questions to get an effective video where it's not just like showing up there with just a camera. It's like more value to that. It's like, how are we going to portray your brand or whatever you're going to showcase? Like, what are you selling? Things like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like if someone orders a birthday cake, the baker asks questions of like, oh, well, what kind of colors do you like? What shapes do you like? What theme do you want? And things like that, right? To get to know a little bit, right? Um, yeah, yeah, that too. Like we have to know what we're delivering. Like, what is it going to require to do that job? If you show up with just like one camera, then you don't know how to deliver that. It's like, or sometimes like that's what we've been having a hard time with, just like showing us, like showing people like our value that we bring to the table, and we just don't show up. People just think you show up with a camera and that's it. It's like, oh, just shoot around the office. It's like it's not like that. And then in editing, it's like, how do you put this thing together? It's like there's no story, no script, nothing, and so there's also a big education piece then, like you're yeah. educating your, your, your clients on how, on how they can get the best video, right? Yeah, but it mainly kind of comes down to like price. It's like, oh, they want to hear number or price and then, you know, that's it. That's all you hear. But they don't even want to hear out the rest of it out. Hmm. It's like, they, don't, they just, I don't know, I think people have a misconception about video in that sense where it's like, they just think it's like, the, you know, your, your uncle with that big camera recording everything and somehow by the miracle grace of God, you're going to make something out of it. But it doesn't happen that way. Yeah, you kind of have, um, well, I assume you kind of have some shots in mind, right, beforehand. Yeah, you, right. you have to kind of... I mean, most of the time you might have it already in your head what you're going to be shooting, but it's also obviously good to know what you're going to do with that time and how to get like the best out of it. Like maybe you might need some lighting, maybe that place is dark, you know, you might need a sound person or a secondary camera. It might be an interview where you need to bounce up back and forth. Uh, there's so many things you might need. It's like, it's not just showing up. I think the misconception there's a lot of misconceptions because we have videos and audios like at our fingertips we we literally like at a touch of a button i can have videos audio anything that i want on anything i can search anything i can put like the most random words on search in youtube and there'll be video on it right but there also is a difference between you know a good quality video good lighting, good audio, background, background music, back everything, you know. There's definitely is a lot that, you know. Yeah, a lot goes into it. People think what they shoot with their cell phones, it's like, that's going to be great. But in reality, I, I kind of like seeing the whole videography process, like no matter if it's a wedding or whatever you film, 
it's like that person putting a book together where it's like you can just throw words into it. It's not going to be any good. You know, you have to go in and polish it. You know, you have to do the, it's called the, like the narrative and then the narration, like the way you tell the story. That matters. Yeah, for sure. It's like how you said, it, it, you're basically doing project management. Managing. You're, We're doing it all. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're managing a whole project from start to finish. Um, and, you know, as, as a creative, because um, it's very, very creative what you do, as a creative, it's, it's also very important for creatives to deliver something um, that's, to, that's like up to your standards, right? Right, yeah, it matters a lot. I think that's the biggest part where you have to find, see it come through and it's like good enough. Yeah. It's a yeah, lot of so sometimes just sometimes just saying, "Oh yeah, I'll create a video for you for this many hours, and it's going to cost X amount of dollars." Is sometimes people want to hear that, but um, it's not. It's like you said, it's just a big misconception. If there, I think there are videographers out there that do that. Right. Well, you put X amount of hours. I mean, I'm saying like if I show up and you're like, "Look, I'm going to film your thing," I don't even care about it i just go there i only care about making that money within those 10 hours and if i tell you this project's going to take if i don't care about your project i'm going to put an hourly rate i'll put a price on it so then later on you you know i'm only going to work on it four hours of editing and that's all you get if it's half slapped on whatever i'm not going to care about i mean that that's most people do that i want to give it like the real like kind of like touch to it where like take it all across to the finish Editing takes a really long time. I never realized it since I since I started doing these podcasts. However long the recording is, it takes me two to three times as long to edit it to get to the finished product. Product. And, and, and that's so if I record something for one hour, it's gonna take me another two to three hours just to edit it. So the one hour for recording, another two to three hours for editing, and then a whole another almost half an hour to an hour to get it all uploaded um you know to all the places it needs to get uploaded to my podcast uh website then to web to all the social media and everything so start to finish one podcast episode not including the time it takes me to email correspond and you know set up time it, it could take me like five to six hours for one episode yeah, I, that it is time you see me just editing and and you're editing in a linear, like mm -hmm. in one line, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like the way we do it. It's we shift things around. So. Yeah, I can't imagine video editing because <laughs> there's so many more factors to consider in video because there's the picture, the audio, the lighting, the music. The background, the intro, if there's text and, you know, okay. Audio fluctuates from scene to scene, so you have to make sure from scene to scene it's all, like, leveled. And denoising yeah. that or making sure it's not that. Sometimes you cannot do much about it, but sometimes you could. I don't know. It's, it's all the magic and editing towards the end. <laughs> if you shoot yeah. it right, you shouldn't have too much of a problem, but. Yeah, no, it's a lot. I get it. So, um, 
how did your business vision come about? How did you decide that you wanted to start your own videography business? Well, I always wanted to do something. I mean, I, I did a lot of video stuff before. Like I worked in a production studio and I know I wanted to do something regarding photography and video, but I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. I knew how to do something with that, but um, at first we started doing family photos and from there we took it to like we start I started to do a lot of video skits with my friends like you know they were actors kind of doing to polish my skills mm. video skits yeah like they were actors so they always had like they wrote scripts and we had like kind of follow through and I only had one camera at the time so I had to do all the different camera angles and because I understand how to do all that, I was able to help them out. Oh, okay. Shooting, I mean, if you have two, three different operators, you can get all those angles. But because we didn't, it was only me. I had to move around. <laughs> and then they had to do over and over and over and over again. Yeah, it was like the repeat, repeat. But it was fun, though, doing that. And I think I got a taste on the, on the wedding because my friend was doing photo for weddings and we did a style shoot and from there I started working under her and she was kind of directing me how she wanted the videos done and I didn't really like that vision too much it's like I wanted to do my own videos kind of I need to see I wanted to shoot videos and do videos that you haven't seen before like kind of like towards my liking um that's why I started doing quinceanera videos I think um Am I going out of topic now? <laughs> what do you mean videos that you haven't seen before? That actually yeah. goes into my next question I was going to ask you. Like, what, well, have you identified any gaps yeah. in the industry? Like, you obviously did because you just mentioned it. Well, I, know, I noticed a lot of the times where, especially like kind of going back to like the Mexican culture where like, I always heard people telling me every time I did their weddings or like the wedding videos, like, oh, I don't want it to be like my quinceanera. Because, you know, quinceañeras are really, like, drawn out, boring, and they're just very cheesy. Cheesy and, music. And, Shoes. You know, and people still kind of want that sometimes, I feel, I mean, with weddings. I mean, sometimes, like, oh, I want the super long edit. It's like, dude, trust me, you don't want it. I can give you something that's fine-tuned and beautiful. And it's like, I know it's five minutes, so I can do, like, you know, different types of edits. But kind of we specialize in the five minutes. And people think they're cheated by five minutes, which is five amazing minutes of the best stuff. Well, we're gonna to segue to what I haven't seen before, right? That was, that was mm -hmm. a question. Yeah. Yeah, so going back to quinceañeras, like I, I think the reason why I got more into like doing weddings and quinceañeras, because everything I saw was very just, it was lame, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Like I, was, I can, with my skills, I can do something better, I think. And, I shot a quinceanera and that was a really cool project because they actually gave me the whole leeway to kind of just like, here, you do it however you want. Like we trust you. And I made a really nice piece of like, it's, I don't think even to this day, I haven't seen anything like that for a quinceanera. How long was the video, your finished product? It was like, it was five minutes, mm -hmm. but it's very detailed. So like when you're watching it, it's like, keeps like taking to this roller coaster of like emotions and feelings. Mm -hmm. Really cool. And what do people think when you say, oh, when they say, oh, we want to hire you and we're going to pay you this much. 
And then the end result and product is a five minute video. What do they well, say? I let them know beforehand, but they always seem like they don't, it's too little for them. It's like, oh, but I want the whole thing. It's like, oh, uh, I can do the long thing, but then they want the short five minute because they think the five minutes takes five minutes to do. And mm -hmm. the five minutes takes me longer than a full edit. <laughs> That's how crazy. Mm -hmm. So for me doing a longer edit, I can do a long edit with no problem, but to me, it's just like you're just getting the generic same old thing that you always get for kissing me at us or weddings. Don't you want this amazing piece? And five minutes is not five minutes. It takes way longer than doing a full edit and people trying to get that gap. Like people understand that it's very, very difficult. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. I've never really, really liked watching videos like those long one to two hour wedding videos, party videos, quinceanera videos. I don't, I just, I can't sit there and <laughs> watch it for that long. Like I would rather watch a five minute video so that I could relive the memory in the moments yeah. and it kind of highlights the best parts of the night. And then I'm reliving it and it's bringing back my own perspective, but to sit there <laughs> and watch something for one to two hours. Um, I'm just getting a flashback of like my aunts or uncles or grandparents pulling out the big VHS. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like in the big camera, <laughs> the big, big camera that they they would put the VHS in and like to record it, and they take it out and put it in the v, um, VCR. And right. I'm just like, uh. Nayeli still has her quinceanera video. She has two tapes, right, babe? She has two tapes, one that her friend shot, and then another that a professional videographer. So she has two different versions of the same quinceanera. Uh -huh. So I have a way to capture that stuff, but I mean, we've kind of been kind of limited on time. But I really want to sit there and like pop both of them in and then try to re edit this into a five minute clip to say, can you re edit this old footage into something that's kind of watchable, at least? That's kind of like. If you do that, that would be a great service to add to your business. But that's I'm pretty sure that there's a lot of people out there who want to relive their wedding or the quinceanera or whatever, but they want, don't want to sit there for one to two hours to watch it. They want to just relive it in five minutes. But that's a lot harder when you work with other people's content. I mean, it's so difficult, especially the old style of shooting where it's very, I mean, it's hard. I think I, I can edit my own stuff, but I think editing other people's is a lot harder because I don't know which direction that we're going. Because when I shoot, I shoot for diff I shoot for a reason. So like if you ever saw my raw footage, it would look weird. It's like, why is he turning left? Why is he only shooting for two, three seconds or five seconds? It's like, mm -hmm. there's a reason for everything that I do. But I think it'll be a little tough editing other people's content, I think. Okay, yeah, I get it. So you've been talking about you wanted to kind of like revamp the quinceanera video scene. Um, how has your cultural identity affected that in running your business? Well, I think just like being Mexican and trying to work with other people who are like also Mexican, I think is just the whole old school way of thinking. It's hard to get that across where like, hey, I'm trying to do something different and cooler but at the same time, like, they don't, they don't see the value in that, I think. 
I don't know. That's why I think I kind of been noticing that they don't they don't see the value of like making something cool and small. They want to see the whole thing again. It's like, well, we want something that's generic. Like you can just find somebody else to do it because there's tons of people that do that. So you're basically um, just a new type of videographer. I think you just want to take a different approach to it. I think it's just like that's what I was telling the Yelly today. It was like. I want to. I wanted to make it better from the stuff that I was seeing because I saw quesadillas were just bad. And, but that's the thing. In the end, it's hard to sell it. Where I tell them, like, look, I'll give you this five-minute video, but we can also, like, we can also edit different parts. The way we shoot is that we can we shoot pretty much or shoot a lot in order to shoot those five-minute pieces. But we can, in the end, we can do different types of edits. So we're not limited to only five minutes. We can do like the full-on dance, like the parents dance, like the father and daughter dance. We can do that like a whole entire, the whole entire dance. It's all like, you know, when you're watching a concert, it's like multiple cameras mm -hmm. real time. Yeah. So we don't only shoot little snippets, we shoot all the pieces. So you never miss out on things. It's just like you get to, you get to choose your edits later if you want to, like that's an extra cost for all that. But does that make any sense? Yeah, so um, I'm hearing that that's kind of like one of the struggles that you're facing um, in, in your videography business is you're trying to do something different that's not really known and explaining that to others is difficult. Yeah. How easy or how difficult is it for you to get clients and then afterwards like do people take a chance on you or they're just like oh i don't know like how 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 is that i don't think they fully see my vision where it's like look i'm not really cheating you out of your video but i'm like i film everything and when you tell them like look i made this amazing piece but they don't see the value in it i think they just because think, they're focused on time i think they're focused on time and it's like they think they're like oh how many hours are you going to be there um what are you going to give me? Are you going to give me a DVD? And I tell them like, look, DVDs are 20 year old technology. Nobody uses that crap anymore. And, and they get upset about that. Like, I don't do DVDs. I'm sorry. Like, look, we all live in the days where like Vimeo, YouTube, thumb drives, every, everybody has a thumb drive and everybody, every TV now has a USB that you can pop in and like live with the new days or kind of like, I'm not going to use old dinosaur technology. Even my editing software doesn't use DVDs anymore. Like, why go there? Why am I going to create older? I mean, I, I don't think. I think we should move with technology instead of moving backwards. That does seem like a big disconnect. Like, they're very outdated in their technology or in their perspective of videography. I think that that's a good point that you're bringing, actually, because I didn't even think about that one where the people really are outdated. <laughs> as far as like wanting old school technologies or like the old school way. I think that's the way, I think that comes down maybe to culture. Like that's how it's always been done and that's always, that's the way it is, I guess. Yeah, this whole like technology is kind of just bringing up a whole topic that I never even really, um, had I never really thought about ever. Um, yeah, very tech, I like a lot of tech, that's my thing. Did you have any uh, formal training, videography, production training? Before? Yeah. Um, slightly in high school, there was a video production class that we had. It was pretty much 
And also my mom at the time during high school had one of those cameras that were kind of, fa uh, not fancy, but it was, um, I don't know if you remember, it was a digital eight, like the first digital eight. That was like a small little tape that went into the thing, uh, mm -hmm. camcorder. And the way to import it was either Firewire, the old school Firewire, and you needed a Mac, like those kind of tube ones, remember colorful ones? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you needed one of those, or you could import it via, I had a, a PC at the time, and you had to import it via USB, and the video probably was terrible. The editing software wasn't there yet at that time. Mac kind of had it. And that's kind of where I kind of started practicing. Like, But it wasn't there yet. I mean, to render like a two-minute video would take forever. It, like technology wasn't there yet. So all of your experience you've learned pretty much just on your own. Yeah. You're self-taught. So what's, uh, what's Nayeli's role in your business? Do you guys have different roles or do you both do everything? Nayeli is uh, the boss. <laughs> <laughs> She's a big boss. <laughs> no, Nayeli handles like a lot of the clients. Like she does a full funneling of the clients. So when a client kind of inquires, Nayeli messages the client. Like she does all the stuff that I'm not really good at, like kind of dealing with the clients, emailing back and forth. Um, well, I mean, that's, that's the best partnership is find someone who is great at doing the things that you're not good at and yeah, that you're really great at what the other person is not really good at. Yeah, she's good at networking and connecting people. Like, that's what she's good at. She's good at social media. Or like, like, she's good at that. And I kind of like just working on the technical part, making sure like my movies are falling all the way through from shooting to like editing part. Like I like doing all that. And if I was doing like all these other jobs, like it kind of takes away from like getting my movies done. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's wearing all those hats kind of like alleviates a lot of that. Yeah. Yep. So how uh, easy or difficult was it for you to, um, you, you two, both of you, to find what you need to start your business? It feels like we always need something. <laughs> like like, like information stuff. or people or money or materials or... <laughs> I think more people would always be my thing. People, money, just like figuring everything out. I think it's time, you know. Time is a really valuable asset. But like, I feel like... I don't need to sleep in order to get all my work done. It's, yeah, you always need something, I think. Like, you know, it feels like we're always kind of getting there, you know. <laughs> yeah, you get to the next step and you're like, oh, I still, I, you know. You, you get to like the next stage and you think that you're there, but then it opens up a whole new world of. <laughs> right. It's like you never get there. So I don't think you, yeah. like, that's part of the, the journey I think I don't think you're ever supposed to feel like you got there because then you probably get comfortable yeah, it seems like everything I learned I think it's I can get all the way through with like doing video there's sometimes like I don't have at first I didn't have all my tools I didn't have everything I needed but I was able to work with the tools that I had like at the best I could to make them like yeah. best and well I mean to me that is a definition of an entrepreneur doing the best that you can with what you've got to make it work and get it done.
That's what I think an entrepreneur is. You know what the word in Spanish is for an entrepreneur? What is it? Emprendedor. Emprendedor. Emprendedora. It has the word prender in there, which means to turn on, to... Oh, right? Yeah. Emprendedor. Emprendedora. It's like, to me, that means, like, always doing something. The wheels are always turning, you know? Like, right. yeah. Like, just literally turning on a light bulb <laughs> all the time. Right, it seems like all the time you train light bulbs, like... <laughs> yeah. yeah There's definitely a learning experience with that. It's never... I think it's like you never stop learning and never stop experiencing. It's like just when you think you got to that level, it's always another one, like you said. Yeah, you never want to stop. You want more. <laughs> so um, you talked a little bit about your, well, uh, actually about the technological tools and devices you use in the videography part. What about the technological tools you use to run your business, to whether it be for like accounting or social media or booking appointments or. I mean, we use social media, which is Instagram, kind of we moved out of Facebook, you know, nobody uses that anymore apparently. <laughs> it's, um, I think Instagram's like the way we go now. Um, Oh yeah, we use HoneyBook for all of our bookings. Like it gets funneled. Pretty much, we what we want is people to go through our Instagram or find us whichever way they want Facebook because we're all on all the social media, anyways. They find us through our website. So through our website, they go in and the website is as a contact form. That contact form is linked up to HoneyBooks, and from HoneyBooks we get direct. We can just kind of start it off from there. It's our main source, but we get all their information and do all the bookings connected to our phones and honey books. I never heard of it. Yeah. It's actually pretty cool. I mean, it's, so it captures the client's information what they're interested in. They want to set up information. They want to set up an appointment. Yeah. So it does a whole the contact form that we have has some kind of basic questionnaire and that contact form gets translated to honey books automatically. Mm -hmm. So all that the client info gets put in there. So then from there, we contact them directly. We send them all. We start off with like having a little conversation. We send up, we send a questionnaire out first to get to know them a little bit because we want to know what the project's about and their wedding is. When is their wedding? When are they getting married? Where it is? Because, you know, they can say we're getting married in, spa in space or something. <laughs> we're like, oh. Yeah, no, it has to be a good fit for, I mean, it has to be possible for you to do. <laughs> Right. And also to that, you know, they also like see someone we can kind of agree on the vision a little bit on that and see if we feel each other. And from there, it's the questionnaire, then we send them the brochure with our prices. And then from there, if they want to book us, then we, we usually schedule a, a, meet, a meeting like face to face, which is better to get it like a little feel for them. Yeah. So would you say most of your clients are in the LA area? Yeah, mainly it's the LA area. Hmm. What's the farthest you've traveled? Furthest I traveled for weddings is probably has to be what, Yosemite? 
Sequoia? No, or Arizona. Which is further? Arizona. Arizona. <laughs> Arizona where? Where in Arizona? Oh, uh, we Sedona, Arizona. Oh, okay. Never been there. <laughs> yeah, it's hot. It was hot though. So, um, do you have a business idol? Like, is there a business that you follow that you strive to be that you're like, dang, they're amazing videographers. They have an amazing videography business or it doesn't have to be a videography business. Is there like a, a business that you're like, okay, I want my business to be like that one day. I never thought about that question. Like to kind of like my model business, right. That I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you don't have one, it's fine. It's okay. I don't think I have one. I mean, I think for me, it's like I want to figure out the whole like sales funnel, the way it works, like what works in like acquiring those clients and like what you do in order to get them. Like once you get the client, how do you talk to them so you can kind of uh, prep them to what you do and kind of hook them on that and sell them your services. Like, actually, I think that comes down to, like, talking, like, getting better at that. That's what I'm also doing this. You got on my shell. It's <laughs> kind of hard. It's, it's one of those things hard. You're, you're, you're doing really good. We're just talking yeah. and learning a lot. Yeah. yeah. To sell yourself, really. You're, that's what you're doing. You're selling yourself, like, your services, like, what you do. And that's what I want to learn, kind of. Do a little more. I, I think that, um, like, well, for me, I... I think that a big part of quote unquote selling yourself is being real. And you said earlier that um, you really like Gary Vee because he's so real. Right. And when you see someone in their genuine form, like you see them and you're like, dang, that person's being real right now. I think that uh, that draws us in, right? Cause, because then we become vulnerable and when we see people, other people being vulnerable, then we're like, it's not, for some reason, it just like attracts us to them. They're like, whoa, they're being really real and really vulnerable right now. Like that's, how do I do that? You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess like, yeah, it just, you could probably get a little scared of that. <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't, I, I know what you mean about about selling yourself, but I really, I, I don't really like, I don't really like that phrase, and I don't really like to say, like, I'm selling something. I like to say, like, I'm sharing things, you know, and I like to find people or clients or customers that are a good fit, you know what I mean, like, not every opportunity is a good opportunity. <laughs> right, yeah, we had that experience before. We're not every deal is a great deal. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was the other one that I heard? It's like, it's like someone said, uh, in the book that I was actually re uh, listening to, it was like, it's like, don't think yourself as a salesman. It's like, think of yourself as a sales consultant. Hmm. Like to consult, like, you know, and then, Another thing that I heard from that book that was actually really good. Um, he was saying that um, 
the way you sell is like you tell stories because nobody can call you out on a story. <laughs> like say you're lying about a story, like about another client, you know, like pertaining to your business. Yeah, sharing stories is really important because it just makes them really relatable to people. Uh, how long have you, how long ago did you start your business? We started Milestones uh, 2014. Okay. So about four, four years ago. Yeah. If you could have done something different, what would that have been? If I could have done something differently, I think, I don't, that's a, that's, that's a really hard question. Cause I think, um, I think I need to be where I'm at right now. It's not, it's kind of crazy. Cause I think it's like where I need to be. It's like, it's, everything I've done is kind of like where I need to be. If I'd have done something differently, I think I probably would have like started my business earlier. Mm. I shouldn't have waited so long. Maybe I should have just acquired some of my tools that I needed, some of the cameras and everything else and started little by little building that. Mm -hmm. Not wait, just, you know, go full on. I think that would have been it. Mm -hmm. So I have one more question. If you had no constraints, would you start another business and what would it be <laughs> i need a, I need a vacation <laughs> <laughs> you know like no more business just vacation. <laughs> a lot of work <laughs> i think if i could st if there was like no constraints like that means like there's money's not an option time is not an option so no constraints I'll just get it, like, I'll start a business just, like, doing videos of, like, having fun, just, like, like, the like, bucket list like, tra like, traveling videos, yeah, where, like, you get to live your life to the fullest, and jumping out of an airplane, yeah, hiring your friends to, like, help you out in your projects, like, because, like, there's no, like, you can pay them, you know, like, pay them decent, just traveling, I feel like, I'm sure that will get boring too eventually. Like, oh, great, another five course meal. <laughs> <laughs> it would take a lot of five course meals for me to get there. I like how he associated five course meals to traveling. <laughs> like, it's like, oh, the AC is too cold in my room. First world problems. Kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, I think just starting a business is like, you know, having fun, like just living your life to the fullest, I guess. I would want to start a bakery business. Like what? What do you like to bake? Um, I actually had like a small bakery business with like cakes and cupcakes and stuff like that when I was a bit like early 20s. But it just became like where people wanted to pay the like Costco pricing or uh -huh. cake that wasn't obviously a Costco. Yeah. Like, as a, a small business, you have to buy everything. Like if somebody shows you a cake, you have to go out and buy that specific set because you don't just have it in the back or it's not accessible to you. So just it was just stressful. It was fun, but 
it was stressful that clients were didn't appreciate it. And at the time, I think I was still too young to really want to focus on that 100%. Yeah, when I was, um, when I graduated college and I moved back um, home, my mom was going to culinary academy to become a pastry chef. And yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I would taste her homework. <laughs> that must have been fun. Yes. And we opened up a little cafe um, for a little bit. But then we stopped because Starbucks opened like two doors down. <laughs> of course. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Starbucks not even like good. It's just convenient. That's what it is. Yeah, that's what people are paying for. It's, it's generic. It, generic in the sense that it's general. Like you get the same thing everywhere you go. Yeah. Like McDonald's. Right? Yeah. Mm. that's what mcdonald's is like you know you can stop and like within like three minutes you get your burger and you're like out of the way i mean drive through mm -hmm. that's why mm -hmm. just <laughs> the cook it's just a cookie cutter place i mean that's what yeah so now that we've talked about <coughs> mcdonald's um <laughs> um tell us where can people find you what's do you have a website? What's your social media accounts? You're located in the LA area only, or are you willing to travel? We're willing to travel anywhere to tell you the story or your story or their story. Their story. <laughs> my story. Tell my story. My, my version of your story. I'm <laughs> yeah, willing to go anywhere, really, to travel. I like traveling, especially if it's not in LA. I mean, because I was born and raised here. I don't, I want to shoot some amazing other places. So uh, maybe my kids will hire you to shoot their YouTube channel. Come here. Right. <laughs> in like 10 years after they clean lots of gardens like you do. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so what's your website? It's www.milestonesoflove.com. Milestonesoflove.com And on social media, I know on Instagram you're Milestones of Love as well, right? Yeah. And do you have anything else? Do you have a YouTube channel? Yeah, we do. It's Milestones of Love as well. If you search it up. Yeah, yeah, Vimeo. Vimeo, yeah. Vimeo is where we actually showcase our, our work. Mainly, which is milestones of love as well. So everything's milestones. Yeah, everything's milestones of love. Yeah. Instagram, YouTube, Vimeo. We have Twitter, but we don't use it. We don't even. I, don't know. I have Twitter too, but I don't really use it. Every once in a while, I I use Instagram the most. I'm like you. I'm I'm a big I'm a big Instagram believer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's I think like Twitter is good if you're. I think Twitter's gone. No, it's so, I mean. I don't. You know what? Twitter is really, really popular among uh, celebrities. Right. Sports celebrities. Like, that's yeah. like your connection to, right, celebrities. I think there are some celebrities on Instagram that use it more. But for the most part, if you want to engage with people who seem out of reach, 
I think you can use Twitter, right? There's all the time, like they want to be able just to write, like. I'm a visual person. I know, but for celebrities, the last thing they want is have to to put pictures over and over and over. They'd rather just tweet something that they really want. Pictures work a thousand words. Yeah. Yeah. Pictures reposted and like changed and morphed and edited and all. Okay, so I just want to say I really, really appreciate your time, all three of you, Jose, Nayeli, and Kali. I know Kali's um, been with us this whole time. <laughs> um, and I just want to say thank you so much for reaching out to me. Yeah, thank you for having us. <laughs> yeah, thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for reaching out, and I really appreciate it. And um, I really, really appreciate what you're doing here. In, bringing in a new perspective new uh, up-to-date technological tools to this videography uh, industry um i i really really appreciate it and i really really hope that people out there really appreciate it as well and hopefully you get thousands of phone calls tomorrow right. <laughs> That'd be awesome. and then you'll be booked for the next three years <laughs> <laughs> so then Kelly can start working Dad, Callie, when are you going to start holding a video camera? (laughs) 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 Thank you so much. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. Thank you for listening to Relate and Elevate. Find me on Instagram and Twitter at Giselle's World and on Facebook at GM Strategist. Make sure to visit my website, GiselleMartin.com. And please, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Hope you have an amazing day. Bye.